I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's just say Nick Nurse is very much not a Taylor Swift fan because he is not feeling 22. (laughs) (laughs) What's up? I'm Ben and I'm here with Katie, Iman and Asad. Welcome to Raptors group chat. We're officially one week into the NBA season. And today we're going to break down the good, the bad, and the ugly of our Toronto Raptors thus far. But before we do, feel free to smash that like button and make sure you're subscribed to the best Raptors content on YouTube. Okay, guys, uh, let's get let's get right into this. Oh, hold up. Um, I just got a text message. Oh, it's actually my phone bill. Oh, oh it's from Rogers. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's worth that much money. And according to Ed Rogers, apparently neither is Masai Ujiri. So I've never seen Raptors Twitter more united than on this topic than yesterday morning when this, when this news dropped. Yeah, I feel like it's the first best chance we have in Canada to break up the monopoly of telecommunications is by getting Raptors fans involved for the first time. I don't know why we didn't think of this sooner. Sai <laughs> versus the CRTC. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, Masai Jury is a better person than I am. The, the idea that that would have caused him to take a a year off, like a sabbatical from the Raptors, I would have been like, hey, Steve Ballmer, let's do this. Like, what are you going to do? How do I turn into the ultimate MLSE villain right now? How do I join forces with you to make sure? Because they were also going after him. And like, he he turned down money. He turned down opportunities from the English Premier League, which based off of my knowledge on Ted Lasso seems like a pretty big deal. Um, he turned down ownership stake to stay here and continue to build this team i mean in the article it points out that the raptors are uh, at worth about 500 million dollars more than the time that he's entered he's made them so much money the idea that he is not worth every single cent doesn't make sense to me he's changed canadian culture and i don't think that that's hyperbole at all i do think that he's changed canadian culture when you look at jurassic parks all over canada for a sport that barely sold out when he got here was out of the playoffs for six years straight like it's turned into something so huge because of Masai Ujiri the idea that he's not worth the money just doesn't make any sense to me yeah and like it's just it's a quite a hilarious situation because like Masai Ujiri is like probably has like 120 percent approval rating like I don't know where you'd have to go to find somebody who disapproves of Masai Ujiri like maybe maybe DeMar DeRozan probably the only person but he's probably already flown back to whatever uh next game they've got to go to so pretty much 100 here uh, i just found i think i had a lot of questions out of the article which i don't think anybody's going to really answer but like my biggest thing is why the hell did ed rogers think that Masai Ujiri showed up with bodyguards like i would i just want to know what the brain processing back there is that's my follow-up question i doubt anyone will ask it i doubt it'll be understood but i'm happy it's kind of over with uh we got Masai here but kind of hilarious like to to make an issue out of incentive pay when the guy's getting offers for percentage ownership everywhere else. And just with the way the Raptors are set up, they can't give an executive ownership just because of how their corporate structure is. 
I think that's like pretty ridiculous. Also, if you guys want to have a fun watch, go back, watch the ring ceremony and just see how every single Raptor, every single coach gives Ed Rogers the, oh, Doug Ford, Masai, quick handshake, put him to the side. Um, and then they give Larry T a big hug. So that kind of gives you a sense of what Ed Rogers is to the Raptors. It's worth mentioning too, that like in under Masai's tenure, the Raptors finally eclipsed the Leafs in terms of valuation of the franchise. Like I think the Raptors are valued now 2.1 billion US dollars. The Leafs are 1.5, something around that, which just as Toronto people, we can acknowledge is a wild thing that likely like five, like 10 years ago. And like definitely before Masai got here, just probably would not have seemed a possibility. So Iman's right. Like he's a, he's a, he's a change maker in the city, you know, like he's a cultural icon. Um, I think just like the thing that got me, a lot of things got me in the article, but one of the things that got me and like, I thought was particularly heinous was when these like apparent bodyguards, which I feel like the thought process there was more just like a racist, uh, knee jerk reaction. Um, <laughs> but was that one of these camera, like a camera that was filming B-roll probably for a giant staffer duck was thought to be a bodyguard. Uh, anyway, you can't like encapsulate the ignorance and obliviousness. Uh, Katie, you put it best how if you would think about it back like 10 years ago, saying that the Raptors would be valued, would be valued higher than the Leafs, you, especially here with Toronto people, you'd be like, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. What? But because of everything that Masai usually has done for not just the franchise, but like, I guess this country in a sense, it's, it's crazy to see. Um, yeah. That's the ugly of this past uh, week so far. Um, let's get into some good and bad here because we're one week into the regular season and I feel like the Raptors have shown us a lot. So I guess we can go uh, back and forth with, uh, let's start off with the good. Um, what have the Raptors done good so far? And then after that, we can follow up with the bad. Uh, smothering defense. <laughs> uh, that seems pretty good to me. I think like we'll get to the bad, which is maybe not being able to close out games. Uh, but mm -hmm. I, from what I'm seeing and just like even hearing from other coaches, like listening to Billy Donovan last night, uh, I don't ever listen to Jason Kidd, but I assume he said this too, but basically keeping, you know, keeping opponents out of the paint and just like forcing teams very far back because I think of our length. Um, I think the physicality has been such like a wonderful thing to see, especially guys like Precious Achua, uh, Delano Banton, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi too, just like not being afraid to just kind of lean into, lean into it. We're not getting called, but whatever, neither here nor there. I mean, I echo what you're saying. I think the defense has been great. Um, so if we're looking to the good, I would definitely point there. It's getting them a lot of um, transition looks, which is how the Raptors are going to have to score. We can get into the bad in just a little bit with how they're finishing those, but just their defense and the defensive intensity. And yeah, the calls are not going to be there, but when you're playing such an aggressive style of defense and you are as physical as the Raptors are, you're not, you're, you're going to get a lot of fouls called against you. That's just the nature of the way that the Raptors play. Um, and we can talk about maybe some of their bad and just like the amount of open corner threes they're going to continue to give up. But that's once again, just their style of defense um, and their aggressiveness has forced a lot of turnovers, which allows them to get out and transition and run. And if the Raptors are going to be successful at all, it's going to be by doing that. I think that there's been a lot of good, uh, regardless of the results that we've seen. Like, yeah, they got one back-to-back -back loss. They've got the opening night loss, which whatever you get punked, it is what it is. Um, and then last night's game was, you know, it's a toss-up. Uh, but 
at the end of the day, I think the good with the Raptors, like again, echoing the same thing. It's not just that they're forcing turnovers all this. It's just like there's this jolt of youth and hope that's in the team where it's like from a viewer perspective, it's just a lot more fun to watch. So like Tampa, they started just as poorly, uh, but it was like dread. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we have all our best players playing and we're still losing every game. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, they have a chance in every single game where like even if they're down and out, like they can rack up multiple stops and get back in the game, right? Whether the offense works or not. Um, you know, it's starting to slowly piece together. You're seeing OGN and Obi start to play a bit better. Fred Van Vliet's coming alive and playing a bit better. Um, there's still a lot of new guys to work in. Uh, Precious Chua has been very high and very low play to play. Um, and you got Goran Dragic, who seems to have not woken up yet, still fighting jet lag or whatever it is. I don't know if his legs have gotten like, you know, the blood flow working yet since his plane trip up here. But uh, hopefully if he, get you know, wakes up and starts doing some things, maybe the Raptors can kind of survive until Pascal comes back. But it's been fun to watch. Like you're you're seeing like, yes, do you feel like you're watching a three stooges game every so and so where people <laughs> the ball is just bumbling around? It's kind of like a flying circus. Yeah, but you know, that's kind of the fun in it where it's like, oh wow, there was a lot of activity and the score has moved by two points <laughs> in the last four minutes. Uh, but that's fun. I think the good thing is that at the minimum, regardless of the results, the Raptors have been very, very fun this season. Yeah, I want to echo, like, sorry, quickly, just what Asad said, too, because I think, like, in last night's game, just speaking about Fred Van Vliet, you know, if we were worried about what the heart or the kind of the shape of this team would look like, he played his heart out, like, trying mm-hmm. to drag that team back. And I mean, like, the the momentum and the energy, yeah, it was, like, late in the game, but it felt so familiar, and I loved it, and I was like, yeah, this team... This team is going to be entertaining. They're going to they're going to bounce the ball off their feet sometimes way out of bounds. Uh, they're going to get like tangled up in all the wrong spots, but they're playing with a lot of joy uh, and a lot of heart. Never underestimate never underestimate part of a champion, as Alex Wong would say. I think Fred VanVleet was was really playing Alex Wong yesterday. Yeah, it. The way Fred played last night, it gave me very similar vibes to like when Kyle Lowry was first given the um, the, the, the full-time starting point guard role where it's like, okay, it's going to be rough, but you can tell that he's putting it all out there on the court. Um, there's a lot of silver linings uh, to be said about the small sample size we've had. Uh, one, of the ones I, one of the ones I've noticed is, okay, at first, I thought it was just kind of a one-off thing. It's like, oh, Delano Benton, first, uh, first game uh, – in Toronto, first career game, you know, half court shot, all that. But it seems like every game that he's checked in, the whole team just tends to like wake up and like start playing well for whatever reason. I don't know what it and is. Of energy and you. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like they you know take a monster energy energy drink or something that would just spice it into all of their veins. Like, ugh. well, the contrast with Delano is especially stark when you know he's subbing Goran? in for Goran Dragic. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like it's like which one is going to run but it's I, like I think... it's like subbing Luis Scola out to bring in oh, Pascal no. Siakam that's basically oh, the effective thing that you're doing there I, oh, I, no. I don't even think they played on the same team but they effectively did. in my head that is what they did. <laughs> Luis Scola is a 2016 team but that's effectively in my head Goran Dragic is Luis Scola and he's just been pissing me off even though he speaks <laughs> so nicely in his media things just pisses me off because I'm like this dude is just so old and he's playing at like the fastest pace on the team and yet when I watch him I'm like you're so slow move faster do anything you're doing a little bit faster but no Unfortunately, you know, it is what it is, but that's, that's he loves that's to it. show off that handle. That's yeah. all he wants to do. 
I mean, I guess this transitions perfectly into, you know, the, the bad so far, um, <laughs> which is, I, I guess, with Assad is headlined by Goron. Um, yeah, if you, if you guys want to get into some of the and, things that could use improvement. <laughs> and like, I don't want to harp on Goron too much, but like, and yeah. he hasn't even like, you could say like, oh, he can't really be blamed for it. He hasn't really played big minutes or whatever, but, but he's the veteran guard on the team and Fred Van Vliet is still having to play 40 minutes a night. So that's like, a significant problem. Goran Dragic isn't somebody who's going to get better as the season gets along. Um, like, yeah, he might understand his teammates a bit better, but like the whole reason for having him around was to provide stability when Fred sits and be able to kind of monitor Fred's minutes. But instead you have Fred playing 40 minutes a night. So that's been, I think the thing about Goran's play that's bothered me the most is he hasn't been good enough to even like let Fred like breathe. Like Fred's like huffing and puffing every game. The man's running a marathon. And you can see it like again, it's like Nick Durr said, he's just like pinballing around. Like, I don't know how much Fred Van Vliet can keep taking if this is the only way that we're going to be able to play until Pascal's back. Um, I would say some of the bad, I think there's some good in a lot of the bad that we're seeing. Once again, I kind of hinted at it a little bit with just their inability to sort of finish um, <laughs> those transition opportunities. It feels like there's a lot of wasted ones, which just leave points on out in the open. Um, and I, I think it just sort of points to something that Asad was just talking about, which is just our guard rotation being as thin as it is, um, which I mean, Malachi being non-existent is, is it bad because why is he not playing? Why is he not getting a chance? But um, just the value of having a point guard on the floor, I think matters so much in these, in these moments. Um, and it's unfortunate when Fred has to carry such a heavy load as we've seen, because I don't know how he's going to hold up come February and March, knock on wood. I'm, you know, obviously hoping that he stays healthy because I don't know what this Raptors team looks like without a Fred Van Vliet um, at the helm. Um, but I do think in a lot of the bad that we're seeing, which is their inability to maybe convert some of these transition opportunities into offense, their half court offense was never going to be particularly good. But even in the bad that we're seeing, it's still a learning curve for everybody. I think as I just kind of touched on it very, um, you know, early on in the last segment about how last season, we were like, these are our stars. <laughs> if they're failing, I don't know what's going to change. Whereas right now, it's the Scotty Barnes. It's OG Ananobi in a new role. It's Delano Banton. And so we know that these are parts of the learning curve and we know that they're going to grow and continue to get better. So even in the bad, I think there's a lot of positives to take in because they're still learning and growing with every single game. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to touch on what Amon said. I think that the bad is so nominal at this point and the sample size is so small. Uh, and there are bright spots in all the bad things. One thing I did notice last night, and I hope this is not catching, but I'd like to see a lot more deliberation because like ball movement is phenomenal and it is so generative of offensive energy that the teens, but there are some, <laughs> there are some like sequences where it's like, well, someone eventually has to shoot the ball. So someone <laughs> please to do that um so those kinds of drag out sequences again that could just be getting like a, a bigger sense of familiarity uh, of like who's actually going to be taking that shot but i want to eventually see the confidence come up and think that like everybody can take that shot also if you're going to force so many turnovers you got to make good you got to make good on those yeah and i think that's like where like even in the bad like it's like secretly a good like all the all the things that i've seen that kind of frustrated me in the first couple of games were all things where i'm like man in like five to ten games and this gets sorted out and mm -hmm. this is a really freaking good team right because you're looking at like the last four games like yeah the washington game is just a write-off you you take that loss like they didn't show up 
but the Boston game, they won, obviously. The Dallas game, it's a back-to-back. You fall apart in the second half. It is what it is. Um, and then the Chicago game goes down to the wire, right? And, like, the things that you're leaving on the board, it's like you force – like, you're turning the ball over 20 times that are just, like, miscommunications. Like, how many times does Fred throw a lob for a Chua and they have no connection whatsoever and it turns into a turnover? So, like, if there are things to, like, watch for, and I think if you're a fan and you want to watch and see where the growing areas are going to be, I would, like, just watch um, Precious's chemistry grow with Fred and OG on the roll. Right now, whenever he sets a screen, Fred and OG, they go for the pocket pass. Precious is never there for the pocket pass. He's going to the rim. Um, so those are the things that, as they iron out, suddenly you're turning turn. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Overs into two points or a point of possession. And that's kind of where this team is going to suddenly build enough of an offense to be able to continually win games. So I think there's a lot of fun to look out for. You guys summed everything up perfectly in terms of even with all the bad, there's some good to be found in them. Cause like you, like we were saying with uh, how it was in Tampa last year, Oh, this is our team healthy. Oh, we suck. Uh, but we have a lot of guys out and uh, here's some more good breaking news. Uh, Pascal Siakam and Utah Watanabe have practiced today with no restrictions. Um, I guess that segues perfectly into, you know, again, small sample size, but what are thoughts on the current rotation and I guess now that these guys are going to be slowly integrated back in and um, yeah. Oh, um, so for my Halloween costume uh, this, uh, uh, this Halloween, uh, I was going to go dress up as Waldo, but I figured I might as well just buy a Malachi Flynn jersey and because I feel like that's about the same. That's about the same token. Oh, I don't know if that joke landed, but oh, we good. We good. Let's, uh, uh, let's, let's, uh, <laughs> Let's, uh, yeah, let's, 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 let's talk about the, the Raps rotation here. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we want to talk about the Raps rotation, just on, on the token of that, let's just say Nick Nurse is very much not a Taylor Swift fan because he is not feeling 22. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh. Okay. You supposed to top that? Are we supposed to go up I, after I, that? That's all. That's my entire point. That's all I had. <laughs> 
we did see a tighter rotation in the Chicago game than we've seen. So it kind of feels like Nick Nurse has the guys that he wants to continue to ride. And I think putting Pascal in Utah in those situations, two guys who are plus defenders, because we do have a couple people in our rotation right now that are hurting our defense. I don't want to just like make this whole segment just like not being kind to Goran Dragic. <laughs> but when you are playing, you know, the Goran and the speed minutes together, your defense kind of sit not as great. Putting in a guy like Utah Watanabe, that's great defensively, that also is just kind of a Swiss army knife in the same way that the rest of the team is. I think him in our offense, I think him just as being a bench player, because our bench has been weak in a lot of these games, really does sort of help sort of shore up who the maybe four ish guys coming off the bench are. And then of course, adding in Pascal Siakam moves one of our starters back to the bench, which is helpful. And two, that half court offense, the the transition offense that we were talking about, all of that just changes completely. Everyone gets pushed down a little bit in the rotation too. Um, We noticed OG kind of struggle initially um, and has kind of found his way in the last few games and finding his spots. It's still, he still needs to be a little bit more aggressive, I think at times, but making him the second option and even the third option on offense I do think will help OG Ananobi and that's just Pascal Siakam coming back so having Pascal in Utah two people who are going to be major for this Raptors rotation both in the starting lineup and coming off the bench I think just helps so much moving forward yeah I think to go to what (laughs) we were talking about before I think Asad said it of just like you know where Precious maybe doesn't have the best reads or these kind of chemistry things haven't gelled yet getting someone like Utah back in that lineup like he's got such a small smart knack for the this comes from his experience in the NBA a little bit longer uh, and getting a little bit more minutes you know before but I think once he's back it'll help speed up the gelling process between all these new players but I don't know I have to maybe be the lone detractor and I still think that the rotations and the lineups are going to be fluid for a very long time like I think what we saw in the like post Raptors championship run though that was because of injury touch wood that's not this year but when we saw Nick Nurse kind of run through all those Frankenstein lineups that season um, I think we're going to just see more of that and I think that will be fine because there has to be a level like everyone has to get to the certain and same level of comfort and I don't think we're really seeing that yet I think that's where some of the disjunction we're seeing is coming from Um, but I'm here for it I'm here for like the really weird lineups for I don't know maybe until January, bring it on. Yeah. And I think, I think Katie is hundred percent right on that. Like, I think with Nick nurse, the one thing we've kind of seen is he'll, he'll commit to like, even though he won't commit to a lineup game to game, maybe like that, but usually when he gives someone a start, they'll kind of stick it out for a little while. So like, I know precious is starting right now. I have a feeling he's going to keep playing out the precious as a starter experiment for a while. And precious has been very up and down. Um, I personally think a lot of what precious does, he can, also get off the bench like him and Birch are basically splitting minutes anyways I think the better pairing would be to have Birch with the starters just because Birch I think has better chemistry with the starters and is a better natural fit has a role player around them and more solid of a player Um, while Precious is more of a chaos creator and I think uh, usually your bench is the one where you kind of want some chaos created right Um, so once Pascal's back I think once Utah's back and replaces Svee a lot of Svee's minutes which hoping that Utah stays healthy. Like I think everybody in Toronto needs to just have like a general prayer that Utah can stay healthy and pass to get some games. I think he's probably the best like bench player that you can have in your rotation because he's his size, his speed, his defensive ability. And the fact that he's shown an ability to space the floor, he's more or less like a perfect fit behind the court, beside the core guys on this team. And it really gives the Raptors 
a more extended defensive lineup. Like they can go to more defenders in their core rotation without losing shooting. So that's kind of the hope there. And I'm hoping that's kind of what happens to the rotation is you see Birch kind of flip with the starters and you see Utah take those three minutes. And that would be, I think, what I think is going to end up being the ideal roster. My hot take on Twitter was that the Raptors are going to end up at some point in the season with a starting lineup with Utah Watanabe as the starting shooting guard, uh, where you have Utah, OG, Pascal, Fred, and then whoever you want to five, you can figure it out. But, you know, whether that's Scotty, whether that's Birch, whoever you might want to put in a matchup. But I just feel like Utah's fit with those starters is going to be so so overwhelmingly positive that Nick is going to end up having him as a starter at some point. Based off of the small sample size, I mean, I saw you actually uh, transitioned perfectly into what I was going to ask. Um, based off the small sample size we've seen uh, with Pascal and Utah coming back, what would, what would you guys think would be the ideal starting five moving forward? I don't want one. <laughs> I just want a revolving door. <laughs> I think I would want to see Fred, Gary, Fred, Gary, Trent, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Ken Birch. That would be my ideal starting five. I think that's probably the the most balanced starting five that you'll have. Oh my god, um, I forgot about Scotty. Yeah, I think I think Scotty's really good, and it's going to be like <laughs> Scotty kind of becomes like your flip, right? Whether you play Birch or you play Scotty, depending on who the other team's big yeah. is. Uh, but I also think Scotty just like he's going to be 30, 30 minutes a night, regardless whether he starts or comes off the bench. And Scotty off the bench could be great. Could you imagine OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam guarding your starters the entire for the entire first shift? And then they sub out to bring in Scotty Barnes to, to play in that lone star minute where usually the other team goes to their bench plus star lineup. That's like hell. Like this is hurting I think, my head. I think Zach Levine, <laughs> Zach Levine said, um, I think uh, I forget who caught him going out out to the tunnel. I think Kayla Grace caught him um, saying those MFers are long as hell. And <laughs> I think we've seen that through the first couple of games is that the Raptors have overwhelming length, right? Whether it's um, Jason Tatum pump faking OG and Obi just to have Scott, Scotty Barnes closing out on him. Like it is just this endless barrage of these long defenders. And I think once everyone's back healthy, you're going to see it like, to think that you can have Utah, Scotty, OG, and Pascal out there is just insane. Like it's insane. I uh, for whatever reason that that made me think of um, with all these different lineup combinations. Um, uh, as Katie was saying, you know, like a revolving door. It made me think of Doctor Strange in in uh, Infinity War when he's calculating all the different uh, all the different possibilities and futures. And I, I don't know, it's like it's super exciting to see uh, where, what the team will look like uh, healthy moving forward. Guys, this has been fun. Um, we're gonna close it off with one last question because I'm getting a little hungry. And uh, speaking of that, uh, last week on Raptors Group Chat, we talked about hmm, which Raptor uh, will get the first uh, first commercial because you know our, our uh, brand their their personal branding team is like so good with this kind of stuff. Um, Gary Trent and Scotty Barnes are now the new poster boys for Smuckers and Jif. So the real question is, who had the better Smuckers Jif commercial, Gary and Scotty, or Fred and Pascal? I'm going Fred and Pascal. I think the other two they need some uh, acting lessons. <laughs> Yeah, Gary. Gary and Scotty played it really um, understated, but I'm going champ, which like every single time, like, <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? 
the champ which did become a meme on twitter too so it did turn into turned into things people were having their peanut butter and jam, and jam sandwiches right before games as well um but i have to admit i kind of like the new commercial with scotty and gary like i it was just like what are they doing and then it was the plot <laughs> twist where um they were just trying to spread some peanut butter onto their sandwich and needed the proper form i kind of thought that was creative and like oh back to back uh, i thought it was more creative I personally like if you're going to use Scotty Barnes in a commercial, I want to see energy. So to see him mm. that understated was I was like, ah, OK, it's fine. Maybe in the next couple of months. Sometimes you don't need depth. Sometimes you just got to play the character, you know, like just be a character actor. Be known for what you're known for. You know, you guys remember those old, old spice commercials with Terry Crews? It was like, pop, 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 power. I'm imagining like Scotty Barnes in like a role like that. And I'm like, oh, that, <laughs> that, now that would move some product. Let me tell you right there. But um, um, yeah, I guess that wraps it up for this week's group chat. Uh, guys, feel free to plug yourselves away as usual before we, uh, you know, wrap it up. Mm, what should we We're plug? Not- Katie does have a good piece out right now for anyone who wants a better rundown on the entire um, Rogers Masai Ujiri situation that's happening. I thought that was like a a good way to break it down for anyone who's not not in the know. Thank you, Iman. You're welcome. Wow, a heck, man. That's uh, yeah, that's on dime. <laughs> you can find it there. <laughs> I'm not a very good one, clearly. You're great, <laughs> better than me. <laughs> Um, and Dishes and Dimes will be back for a new season. So check us out. Uh, we come out every Monday morning. Yep. And hopefully the Raptors blow out another good team. And then you can catch me on the <laughs> Raptor show, slandering some teams. But otherwise, you can just catch me on Twitter at Suara Lasers. All right. Um, that's the set week's episode of Group Chat. Make sure you like, smash. No, no. Uh, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. And yeah, that's that, that's been us. Ha ha ha. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 